this is the Sean Yankee Show. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. Today, we've had a national tragedy. Two airplanes have crashed into the World Trade Center in an apparent terrorist attack. This episode of The Sean Yankee Show is being brought to you by the support of viewers like me. We realize the importance of independent media and truth in this time of mass deceit and propaganda. We have decided to fight for and support it to keep it alive. You can help us in this fight for truth. Contribute at patreon.com forward slash Sean Yankee. Thanks for coming to the show. It'll begin soon. Hey, everybody. Get in here. It is time for the Sean Yankee Show. And I am super excited because this is a very special episode of the Sean Yankee Show. Uh, We have the climax of our own original theory presented tonight in its entirety. This is a great night to show up. If this is your first time at the Sean Yankee Show, stick around because this is going to be great. We're going to play all four parts of the Tesla and the New Yorker series for Conspiracy Theories and Chill Tonight. We're going to premiere part four, but we're going to play all three of them before that and get you ready for part four. So it's going to be a great night of peeping out. And then afterwards, we're going to have a fantastic discussion breaking this theory down and going into it. But before we get started with everything tonight, I want to say hi to everybody. This is a live, interactive, conversation-driven chat show. We gather every night of the week. We do different themes each night, but we always have a discussion based around the comment section. So let me say hi to everybody who's here with us. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch right now. Later, we'll be up as a podcast on Spotify. You can check us out there. If you didn't know that, look into it. We've been doing this as a podcast since episode 274. So there's about 50 episodes that you can listen to and download on Spotify. Check it out. And let me say hi to everybody here for the live. We got Lolly in the house. Hey, Lolly. What's up, Joanna, Lee, Tracy, Roseanne, Helen the Felon, Michael Jocelyn. Will somebody look into this? He says he's not allowed to comment on Yankee Peeps. Do we know why? Is there a reason? I can't find a reason. I don't know. Hey, Aaron, how are you? What's going on, Holly? 
And Aaron made it to another live. You're here on time. Thanks to Lee. Lee's a beast. Lee is here on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. He tagged Aaron. He takes care of all kinds of things. He's our Twitch ambassador. I love you, Lee. Thank you, brother, for all your help. Hey, Bert. How are you? All right. Patricia's here and Nora. We're about ready to get started. You better hurry up, Ginger. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to really share this out. Sharing is caring, by the way. And I really need you to share tonight. Get this out everywhere. Conspiracy groups, groups that build hotels, people that like Nikolai Tesla, your friend that just loves great things. Get them all in here. Tag them, invite them. Go outside, bring three neighbors in to watch this. I put a ton of work into this, and I can't wait to show it to you. Lee does, does deserve a raise, for sure. For sure. You got your My Motto shirt today? Military Green. He just got the Our Motto shirt. Nicole, if Nicole's here, someone tag Nicole. She just shared a picture of her in the Our Motto shirt. They are fantastic, aren't they, Aaron? We have high-quality merchandise here at the show. Patricia wants us to get a wash your ass shirt. We did a nooner today, and I was talking about how you need to wash your ass, and you do. Take care of that, guys. Pay attention to how you smell. It's not that hard. Wash your ass. Well, Patricia wants us to get a shirt that says that. I think it's a great. This is why. That's why I forgot. And we didn't do that. You can't post on Yankee Peeps without approval. We didn't set it that way. Our page is about to be taken down, guys. So we're heavily restricted. And the shenanigans, they're not coming from us. I apologize, Michael, but this is a broken-ass platform, Facebook. But if you're here on Facebook, you got a lot of them shits over there, them little bubbles. It's fun to smash them shits. And... If you're like me on my desktop, they brought the damn bubbles back. Now you can smash them shits on desktop. So run up them figures tonight. Really smash them shits because that helps us. Liking, sharing, and commenting. All interaction help the show. Help us get out to a larger audience and get us more exposure. But that's why they need to get in here. Joanna's neighbor needs this. They need this. They're going to get so much information in their head that they'll at least know about Nikolai Tesla and the New Yorker Hotel by the time we're done with them tonight. You know what I mean? You are going to get your head full of information on Nikolai Tesla and the New Yorker Hotel for sure tonight. This is going to be 38 minutes. That's what the total length is of the entire series. 38 minutes. We're going to be peeping out. And that's coming up in just a few minutes. I'm stalling until 7.10. At 7.10, I'm going to play the intro to Conspiracy Theories and Chill and get us started because we got a lot to do. We got about 40 minutes of peep time, and then we got to break this down. We're going to get to the bottom of this theory tonight. I'm going to be taking notes during the video of things I want to talk about and hit on with you guys. But I encourage you to do the same thing and comment during. I'll be talking with you during it, too. But afterwards, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to put a nice bow on it. And then I'm going to start our next series, which is Montauk. We're going to be going into the Montauk project. And we'll be breaking that down in little chunks. And we'll throw other topics in there, here and there. But these bigger things, 
I'm going to break them up now. That's how I'm going to do it. It makes it easier to go into it and go into it well on limited time. Plus, it gives us an opportunity to talk about it over a period of weeks. But yes, free Riley. Riley wears her sunglasses to keep us all safe. She wears her sunglasses to protect my eyesight, and that means the world to me. And I wear sunscreen to keep her from getting a sunburn. I've started doing that because of her contributions to society. And you should all do something so that you can make sure somebody else doesn't get affected. Because that's the way it works, right? It doesn't work for you. It only works for others. And you're protecting the world by wearing it. Like, you know, a seatbelt or sunglasses or sunscreen or, you know, a juice jab. Anything you get that, that everybody wants you to have, you're doing a favor to society by doing it. And you get to pat yourself on the back and feel really good about yourself. All right. So we are getting ready to begin. I've done all the stalling I can do. I don't have anything else ready for you except a ton of show. So it is time. It is Wednesday night. And what we do on Wednesday night is conspiracy theories and chill. So if you guys are ready, get ready to smash them buttons and have a great time. We got a big one tonight. It's time for Conspiracy Theories and Chill. guys i am super excited i have been waiting on the edge of my seat all day for this moment this is a very special episode of conspiracy theories and chill one that has been a long time coming in fact tonight on conspiracy theories and chill we are going to conclude our series exploring our very own theory that the new yorker hotel nikolai tesla's final home was more than just a luxury hotel where he lived out his final years. We theorized that it was in fact much more than just a hotel and was actually hiding a secret super laboratory that was custom built for Nikolai Tesla. Now this theory won our topic poll just after NAM and we're just now wrapping her up, but that is because that this theory is without a doubt the biggest project that I've tackled to date. And it was very challenging and extremely difficult to put this theory together for you. Now, the research alone on this was very involved and intense to say the least. But the good news is, I couldn't be more proud of the final result. And I am super excited to get to show it to you for the first time here tonight. 
And I got to say, as someone who went into this rabbit hole as a bit of a skeptic on this topic, I mean, come on, a 43-story luxury hotel built to hide a super laboratory in downtown New York City for the world's most brilliant man to have ever lived? It's not the craziest of theories, but it's a big one for sure. I wasn't fully convinced, but I did what I always did. And I dove into it fully open-minded to what I would find. And I have come out the other end about 90% sure that this hotel is hiding something very, very big. Now, our friend Top Fan added this topic to our poll. And when it won, I knew two things right away. One, that this would be a very hard topic to cover. And two, that there would be no possible way to squeeze this beast of an idea into one of our regular length videos. Now, I usually keep our conspiracy theories and chill videos under 30 minutes to allow us to discuss them during the live premieres. And most of the time, they come in closer to about 20 minutes long. But there was no way that I could ever cover this like that. And I spent a long time stuck on what to do about it. And then it hit me. We break it up into a series. So that's what I did. We took this beast and broke it into bite-sized pieces, more manageable chunks. And over the past three weeks, we have explored the evidence. And tonight on Conspiracy Theories and Chill, we will be closing the book on our theory and laying all of our cards out on the table with the premiere of part four in our Tesla and the New Yorker series. And I am super excited about this and can't wait to watch it with you. We will be experiencing this series in its entirety tonight, starting with part one and going all the way through to the brand new video and the conclusion of our presentation on the theory about Nikolai Tesla and the New Yorker Hotel. Now, after the video, we'll hang out like we always do and discuss this topic, this theory, and everything and anything else you want. We're going to hang out a long time tonight. Babels has got herself all set up nice and comfy in the other room watching a lost marathon. We have the studio all to ourselves. So we got a long video to get through tonight. And if you're ready, I'm ready. I cannot wait to show this to you. So I am gonna bring this in and get us ready to watch this video. Because this is the culmination of months of work. Because you gotta remember, for like two months, I was beating myself up, not knowing how to get this done. And then I finally got it. We finally figured it out and decided we'll break it up in little chunks and that'll be better and that'll be easier to do. But that took forever. I got to redo that because I don't know if I did it right. I would hate to have done something wrong and the feed doesn't go out properly. But if you're ready... It is time to begin. Now, like I said, we're going to be watching all four. We're going to start with part one and go all the way through to the brand new part four premiere. And I'll be with you the whole time peeping out. This is our full presentation of the Tesla and the New Yorker theory from Conspiracy Theories and Chill. Nikolai Tesla, most likely the most brilliant and prolific inventor to have ever lived, a man a century ahead of his time, 
over 700 patents to his name. Nikola Tesla is personally responsible for the majority of mankind's greatest technological advances. Despite all of his life's many achievements, this great man is said to have died poor and alone, living out his final years in two small rooms at the New Yorker Hotel. But what if there is much more to Nikolai Tesla's story? Was his nearly nine years spent living at the New Yorker something else entirely? What if there is a hidden secret behind the New Yorker Hotel itself that explains why Tesla decided to choose it as his final home? Maybe instead of Nikola Tesla just renting out these two rooms in the New Yorker Hotel, the truth is that the New Yorker Hotel was in fact built specifically for Tesla to be his home and personal laboratory. And maybe Tesla's life and true works haven't exactly been presented to us honestly. Is it possible that Nikola Tesla was working secretly for our government and that this hotel that still stands today hides many secrets that are related to Tesla's missing work as well as reveal some secret work behind the scenes done in the shadows? While hiding in plain sight behind manufactured obscurity, Tesla could have actually been much more successful than we've been led to believe he was. And this hotel just may have been his ultimate personal scientific laboratory. So, on this episode of Conspiracy Theories and Chill, we're going to begin a series looking into what we know of Tesla and his final years living at the New Yorker Hotel, as well as looking into the hotel itself to see if this particular theory that we have put forth has any merit to it. So let's begin our journey through this rabbit hole with what we already know so far. In this theory, we're just going to be focusing on Tesla's time spent living at the New Yorker. In 1934, Nikola Tesla moved into the New Yorker Hotel, and it's said that the Westinghouse Electric and Manufacturing Company began paying him $125 a month, as well as paying his rent in the hotel expenses that the company would pay for the rest of Tesla's life. Now, accounts of how this came about vary. Several sources say Westinghouse was worried or maybe warned that potential bad publicity surrounding the impoverished conditions under which their former star inventor was living could get out and be bad for them. So the payment has been described as being couched as a consulting fee because Tesla had an aversion to accepting charity. And on January 7th of 1943, at the age of 86, Tesla died alone in room 3327 of the New Yorker Hotel. His body was later found by maid Alice Monaghan after she entered Tesla's room, ignoring the Do Not Disturb sign that Tesla had placed on his door two days earlier. The medical examiner examined the body and ruled the cause of death to be coronary thrombosis. Two days later, the FBI ordered the alien property custodian to seize Tesla's belongings. Even though Tesla was an American citizen, John G. Trump, a professor at MIT and a well-known electrical engineer serving as a technical aide to the National Defense Research Committee, was called in to analyze the Tesla items, which were being held in custody. And after a three-day investigation, John Trump's report concluded that there was nothing which would constitute a hazard in unfriendly hands, stating that Tesla's thoughts and efforts during the last 15 years were primarily of a speculative, philosophical, and somewhat promotional character, 
often concerned with the production and wireless transmission of power, but did not include new sound workable principles or methods for realizing such results. The FBI was very worried about what Tesla may have been working on, specifically a death ray he had claimed to have invented, and they were watching him very closely throughout the last years of his life. And we will return to this aspect of the story as well later on in this series. The New Yorker Hotel itself was built in 1930, and the 43-story hotel was considered to be prestigious and luxurious for that time. So this could be the reason Tesla chose to live in the hotel, or it could be because the New Yorker Hotel had its own private power plant. Now we will get into even more oddities later on in this series, but yes, the New Yorker Hotel has a rather large DC power plant. Deemed a scientific milestone by the Institute of Electrical and Electrical Engineers for having the largest DC generating plant in the United States, capable of powering a city of up to 35,000 people, it kept the hotel fully operational and off the power grid for the first 30 years that it was open. Now that is interesting and noteworthy for sure, and while the knowledge that the hotel having its own powerful power plant definitely explains why Tesla may have chosen to live in the hotel, does it explain why the hotel would have had it? This power plant could have ran downtown New York in its time, providing much more power than the hotel would ever need for itself, and by a lot. Plus, it was enormous, taking up a great deal of valuable space in the hotel, nearly three floors. So why would they expend so much of their $22.5 million budget installing an enormous power plant that they'd never need and couldn't use? It's extremely odd for sure, and we will definitely be coming back to that point when we get to exploring all of the other oddities and connections between this hotel and Nikolai Tesla, and even the New Yorker Hotel itself. So the New Yorker was a very high-end hotel. You always hear that Tesla died poor, and while for the most part that's true, especially when compared to how much of humanity's advancement that he is personally responsible for, but he wasn't exactly living in poverty. He had money somehow, obviously, but didn't live in extravagance. In my opinion, adding to the mystery here. But these were just rooms in the hotel, not suites, just basic, and actually very small rooms. A lot of the accounts will sell it to you as suites to make it sound fancier than it was, but as you can see in these images of the actual rooms that Tesla lived in, there is hardly any living space at all, and really only room for the bed and a little bit of furniture, but not room for much else. Now, of course, he would have had access to all the anemones of the hotel as well, but this is where Tesla lived out his final years in two modest-sized rooms of a brand-new luxury hotel. Now, all things considered, choosing to live in the hotel makes sense to me, but it seems very expensive, doesn't it, for someone who has limited resources? Impractical, really, for such an intelligent man, but again, he wasn't as poor as we are led to believe, and we've already shown that the hotel had many benefits for Tesla. And with Westinghouse Electric supposedly picking up the tab, it all kind of makes sense. Because he had access to the hotel's vaults, and I'm sure the enormous power supply of the hotel was a huge draw for him, even if only because it was there. Then there's the underground. 
Underground, he had access to a tunnel system that ran beneath the New Yorker Hotel, connecting it to the subway line, as well as giving underground access to four other nearby hotels, where Tesla is said to have stored some of his 80 trunks worth of research. At least that's what was gathered up. 80 trunks of Tesla's research were collected after his death. But after they were gathered up and shipped off to Belgrade, 20 of the trunks came up missing in the trip and have never been recovered. So, just to recap so far what we've learned, there are many reasons why the hotel would have been an attractive home for Tesla. And with Westinghouse Electric paying for his stay and expenses, that explains how he afforded to live in a brand new luxury hotel. We also learned that the New Yorker had a huge DC power plant and that Tesla would have had access to New York's underground tunnel system, as well as connecting him to other places of interest underground. And in the next part of this series, we will be exploring Tesla's life living at the New Yorker and seeing what clues to this theory lie and what we know of how he lived out his final years as well as looking at what took place right after Tesla's death with his research and what involvement the FBI may have had in all of this. So thanks for watching and come back for part two next week right here on Conspiracy Theories and Chill from The Sean Yankee Show. Inventor Nikola Tesla lived out his final years in two small rooms at the New Yorker Hotel from 1934 to 1943, and it is there that we are told that he died poor and alone. But was there more to Tesla's New Yorker story? Was the New Yorker nothing more than Tesla's chosen home? Or was it built specifically for him? Was the hotel itself Tesla's ultimate secret laboratory. In this series from Conspiracy Theories and Chill, we are exploring the theory that Tesla's final years may have been spent carrying out secret experiments and research for the United States government using his own personal super laboratory disguised as a luxury hotel. And in part two of our series, we will be exploring the events of Tesla's life while he was living in the New Yorker Hotel and what took place after his death, as well as what role the FBI may have had in all of this. Now, it is well known that Tesla suffered from financial troubles throughout his life. Because of this, Tesla had to move several times when he could no longer afford his surroundings. The Waldorf Astoria in New York had been Tesla's residence for 20 years, yet he had to move in 1920 when he could no longer afford to live there. Tesla then moved into the Hotel St. Regis, but again was forced to vacate due to lack of financial support. And finally, Tesla moved into the New Yorker in January of 1934 after reaching a settlement with his former employers, Westinghouse Electric, who agreed to pay Tesla a monthly consulting fee of $125, as well as pay his monthly rent expenses for life. Now, upon signing this agreement, Tesla moved into the New Yorker where he lived out the rest of his days rent-free. On an interesting side note, apparently Westinghouse Electric never did pay the hotel tab for Tesla's rooms. But this is how it is explained that Tesla could afford two rooms in a brand new luxury hotel, and it could also be true. But it's as likely that this retirement of sorts for Nikolai Tesla was arranged because of another deal 
or arrangement that he may have had with the government or other entity. Tesla would have had a very nice life living in the New Yorker hotel despite sleeping in a tiny apartment, basically. He would have had access to all of the hotel's features, such as a famous art collection, gourmet restaurants, and lounges for entertaining guests, ballrooms, and even its own barbershop and small hospital. In fact, every guest room had a telephone. The hotel maintained one of the largest private telephone exchanges to provide service, including 24-hour position switchboard to every guest room. And every guest room also had a four-program channel radio. Tap ice water was available in every guest room, in addition to regular hot and cold running water, which was a luxury at the time. Every guest floor had a room clerk station connected to the lobby by telephone, teleautograph, and pneumatic tube systems. The hotel had everything he could need and want to live out his final days in comfort. But was there another draw for him to this specific hotel? I guess it could be many reasons in the end, but I have to say again that an enormous self-sustained on-site power plant had to be a pretty big draw for someone like Nikolai Tesla. Tesla's research never stopped. He spent most of his time researching and experimenting, filling trunks upon trunks with data and discoveries. And that's just what we know of. And even then they tell us that 20 trunks are missing. But where do they even get these numbers from? Who knows if they're telling the truth? How often do they tell the truth? But the FBI was watching Tesla very closely throughout his final years. And in Tesla's journals, he even speaks often of interacting with the feds that were placed in the hotel to monitor him. The feds wanted what was in his mind. During this time, for instance, Tesla claimed to have created inventions that could change warfare. In 1934, he described a particle beam weapon or death ray that could knock 10,000 enemy airplanes from the sky. And in 1935, at his 79th birthday party, Tesla said that he had also invented a pocket-sized oscillation device that could level the Empire State Building. When Tesla died on January 7, 1943, he had only the company of his pigeons and his obsessions. And then the FBI came for his research. After Tesla's death, there was a scramble by the United States government to find all of his papers, notes, and research before other foreign powers could find them. Tesla's nephew, Sava Kasanovich, reported that before the OAP had arrived, someone else had obviously gone through Tesla's belongings and took an unknown amount of personal notes and papers. It was known by the FBI that German intelligence had already spirited away with a sizable amount of Tesla's research several years before his death. This stolen material, it is thought, would eventually result in the development of the Nazi flying saucer. The United States was going to make sure that that would not happen again. Anything even remotely associated with the great man was quickly confiscated and lost within the secret networks of pre-World War II America. More than a dozen boxes of Tesla's belongings that were left behind at hotels like the Waldorf Astoria, the Governor Clinton Hotel, and the St. Regis had been sold to salvagers to pay off Tesla's outstanding bills. Most of these boxes and the secrets they contained have never been found. In 1976, four undistinguished boxes of papers were auctioned in the estate of Michael Bournes, 
Little is known about Borns except that he had been a bookseller in Manhattan. And this auction took place in Newark, New Jersey, with the boxes and their contents being bought by Dave Alfrey for $25. Alfrey had no idea what was in the boxes when he bought them on a whim. And when he later went through them, he was surprised to find what appeared to be lab documents and personal notes of Nikolai Tesla. So some of the lost papers of Tesla had once again resurfaced. However, due to ignorance, most were lost. And much of the missing research from Tesla's files may have befallen similar fates. But I have a very strong feeling that everything of value was removed from what was in the end delivered to Belgrade. And the case of the missing research is one that will most likely never be resolved. It really is a shame that so much is possibly lost from this heist of information. How far ahead would humanity be, for instance, with Tesla's wireless free electricity? The closest Tesla came to this dream was Tesla's Warden Cliff Tower, also known as the Tesla Tower, an early experimental wireless transmission station designed and built by Nikola Tesla on Long Island. Intended to transmit messages and even images across the Atlantic to England, he decided to scale up the project to implement his ideas of wireless power transmission. And when primary backer J.P. Morgan found out about this, he removed his backing and the project ended up being abandoned in 1906. So the tower was said to have never become operational. And this was as close as Tesla came to realizing his goal of free wireless power. And most think it was the end of that dream. But what if the government built Tesla his own Wardenclyffe Tower Super Lab to use on their behalf? What if the reason that the New Yorker had a power plant 10 times larger than they'd ever need was because the New Yorker Hotel was hiding a deeper secret? Well, in the next episode of this series, we are going to go deeper into the New Yorker Hotel itself, beginning with its construction and see if we can make any more discoveries as to whether Tesla may have been leading a double life working for the feds. Was the New Yorker Hotel his secret warden cliff tower? We're going to get more into that next week. But thanks for watching, and be sure to catch episode 3 in this series right here from Conspiracy Theories and Chill on The Sean Yankee Show. Nikola Tesla the world's most brilliant and prolific inventor. Despite having over 700 patents to his name, he lived out his final years in poverty in two small rooms in the New Yorker Hotel. And it is said that he died alone with only his research and his pigeons. But what if the final years of Tesla's life aren't being portrayed honestly? What if he was working secretly for our government? And what if there is more to his final home, the New Yorker Hotel, as well. Well, in this series from Conspiracy Theories and Chill, we are looking into the theory that the New Yorker Hotel may have been hiding a secret laboratory and that Tesla's final years were spent doing secret research funded by our own government. Now, in part one, we explored Tesla's life and how he ended up living in the New Yorker as well as who is said to have financed his stay there. And in part two, we talked about Tesla's life at the New Yorker and the events happened after his death, as well as connections with the FBI. Now in part three, we are going to explore the hotel itself from the time of its construction 
and look into all the secrets Tesla's final home may be hiding. Now, the New Yorker Hotel opened for guests on January 30th, 1930. It has 2,500 rooms and is 43 stories tall. It was the largest and tallest hotel in New York. Costing $22.5 million, it was by far the most costly hotel construction to that date. And the hotel was also self-sufficient in all aspects of electrical power, heating, cooling, and ventilation for the 3,500 guests that it could host and 30,000 visitors daily that passed through its door. The New Yorker had a staff of 2,000 employees and was located at 8th Avenue and 34th Street in the heart of New York City. It is located across from Madison Square and is only three blocks from the Empire State Building. So there's no doubt it was a practical choice for a single man of means in the 1930s. Construction on the New Yorker Hotel started in June of 1928. The completed structure contained 10,400,000 cubic feet of enclosed space above ground and 2 million cubic feet below ground. A tunnel connected the hotel with nearby Pennsylvania Station, and there was subterranean access to the New York subway system. A bank and several other commercial businesses were provided space and facilities in the public areas of the hotel. Now, the New Yorker Hotel was a world unto itself. It had all of the amenities of the time and even its own hospital. It had 10 private dining salons and employed 135 world-class chefs. The hotel even had its own barbershop. And at the time, it was the largest barbershop in the world with 42 chairs and 20 barbers. Air conditioning was provided to the main dining room, the grill room, the tea room, the banquet hall, the main ballroom, and eight private dining rooms by a state-of-the-art orderless refrigeration system of 166-ton capacity. The hotel had 12 all-automatic main passenger elevators, six local to the 19th floor, and six express to the 20th and 39th floor. Six service elevators operated, three from the third basement to the roof, and three from the third floor basement to the 39th floor. There were also two freight elevators, one large ballroom elevator, one large subway elevator, and an elevator for the bank. In addition, there was one bank and four hotel dumbwaiters, which compared to other hotels of its size is an excessive amount of elevators, which also takes up a large amount of valuable floor space in the hotel. Now, every guest room had a telephone. At the time, this was a big deal. The hotel itself maintained one of the largest private telephone exchanges to provide service, including a 24-position switchboard, to every guest room. And every guest room also had a four-program channel radio. Tap ice water was available in every guest room, in addition to regular hot and cold running water. Electric power was provided to the hotel by four steam-driven engines direct connected to three 600-kilowatt and one 400-kilowatt DC generators and one 535-horsepower diesel engine directly connected to a 375-kilowatt DC generator. The 2,575-kilowatt capacity was sufficient not only to provide the hotel with all the power that it would need, but to provide service to all adjoining buildings as well. The hotel stayed on its own power source until it converted to alternating current in 1965. 
Now, the New Yorker was designed by Sugarman and Berger and built just before the Wall Street crash of January 1929. On January 2nd, 1930, the towering New Yorker opened during the midst of the Great Depression. And at the time, the $22.5 million hotel had the honor of being the world's tallest building. But in 1953, the New Yorker was purchased by Hilton Hotels Corporation for $12.5 million. Let me say that again. It was built in 1930 for $22.5 million and then sold in 1953 for $12.5 million. That's a $10 million loss. In 1956, the hotel was sold again, this time for $20 million. Now, why was this hotel not even worth what it cost to build 26 years later in the future? How often do you see real estate properties depreciate in this way? Is it because construction costs on the New Yorker were heavily inflated? Was an extra cost included in the building of the hotel? Because think of inflation. $22.5 million in 1930 is a whole lot different than $20 million 26 years later. This hotel dramatically lost value. Now there has to be a reason, right? And this brings us back to the power plant that's located in the hotel. This power plant took up three floors of valuable space and was 10 times more powerful than the hotel would ever need, even at full capacity. Yes, it kept them off the power grid until 1965 when they converted to AC, but at what expense? Three floors worth of valuable hotel space. I would think three floors worth of hotel rooms would generate more income than supplying the hotel with power from the city power source would have cost it. So why have their own power source? It doesn't make any sense. But in our theory, it makes perfect sense. Clearly, a large amount of money was sunk into this hotel somewhere. It came in way over its budget. And when resold shows that whatever this money was spent on wasn't of value to the next buyer. So what if instead of this being the hotel that Tesla chose to live the final years of his life in, it is really a hotel built specifically for Nikola Tesla and maybe hidden in the art deco style of this luxury hotel is an actual working Wardenclyffe tower and a laboratory that Tesla used to develop technology for the United States government. Now the missing money went somewhere. Does this theory explain where it went? Maybe the whole story of Tesla's missing papers is just to draw attention away from the real story that instead of dying alone in poverty, his genius was actually appreciated by the United States government and a super lab was constructed in downtown New York City to enable him to achieve his life's work. In the end, we can only theorize, but come back for part four next week as we review what we've covered and try to make our minds up on this theory once and for all. See you next week right here on Conspiracy Theories and Chill from The Sean Yankee Show.
Welcome back everyone to Conspiracy Theories and Chill. This is a very special episode because on this episode we will be concluding our series looking into Nikolai Tesla and his final years living at the New Yorker Hotel. We have been exploring our own theory that the New Yorker Hotel may have been much more than just Nikolai Tesla's final home. We think that the New Yorker Hotel may have hidden a super laboratory of sorts that Tesla used to conduct research in his final years for our own government and intelligence agencies. And so far in our series, we have learned how and why Tesla chose and was able to live at the hotel. Tesla would have wanted to live there because the New Yorker was the pinnacle luxury hotel of his time, but also because it had a personal DC power plant, 10 times stronger than the hotel would ever need that would have enticed Tesla, and he was able to afford living there, we're told, because Westinghouse Electric was paying his tab at the hotel, as well as a personal monthly stipend. We also learned that throughout his stay at the hotel, he was being watched closely by the FBI and CIA, and upon his death, his property was seized by them, and a large amount of research is claimed to have mysteriously gone missing in this process, approximately 20 trunks worth. We also learned that this hotel had many oddities surrounding it as well. And the most glaring of these is that it was sold for $10 million less than what it was built for nearly 25 years later, revealing that something and something big has to be hidden in the construction expenses of this hotel. So was the New Yorker hotel hiding a super laboratory? Is that why it had a power plant inside it that was 10 times stronger than it would ever need? Is that where all the missing money went? Millions of dollars? Now, our theory is that this hotel itself was built specifically for Tesla and is a functioning operational super laboratory that puts his former Wardenclyffe Tower facility to shame. We theorize that that is where the missing money in the construction of this hotel went. But what do we know? Well, we know that we have been sold a lie about how Tesla afforded his two rooms at this luxury hotel because we come to find out that Westinghouse Electric never paid for his stay. His bill for the two rooms for nearly 10 years was never paid. So was it just out of the goodness of the New Yorker Hotel's heart that they catered to Tesla for nearly 10 years up until his death? He just enjoyed living there for nearly a decade with full access to all of the facilities and amenities for free? No, of course it wasn't free. But who was paying for it? Was it our government alphabet agencies that were secretly funding his stay? Well, it's not like they'd ever tell you, but what do we know? Well, through declassified documents in Tesla's own journals, we know that Tesla had worked with the government many times and on many different projects, and that the intelligence agencies were watching Tesla very closely all the way up until his death, staying in the hotel with him. Even Tesla himself wrote of these watchers often in his own private journals. He wrote of his relationships and dealings with them and spoke often in these writings of a John. Is that referring to John Trump, who the government had go through all of Tesla's belongings upon his death? There is much mystery here, and in the end we may never know the answers. But let's do our best to sift through what we have found some more and find out what makes the most sense to us. Let's look again briefly at Nikolai Tesla, the man. Nikolai Tesla is credited with over 700 inventions. Over 700. Not tiny and significant inventions. He invented the radio. 
AC power, neon lights, hydroelectric power, the Tesla coil. The list goes on and on and on. This one man is personally responsible for moving society forward technologically 100 years. One man. If Nikolai Tesla hadn't lived, life as we know it would not be the same. He understood the workings of reality in a way that no one else even could. He did amazing things, and that's just what we know of. Think of what we don't know. But let's just list off a few of the things we do know. We know that in 1943, Nikolai Tesla made a ship disappear for our military in the Philadelphia experiment. He sent an entire battleship into another dimension and through time, right before people's eyes in broad daylight. Now, they wanted it to disappear from radar. But Tesla had a habit of taking things a few steps further and adding in his own personal touches and flair to his projects. The ship disappeared. He did this because he understood things that no one has before or ever since. Nikolai Tesla even claimed to have invented a time machine and to have traveled through time himself. It was part of his experimenting with the transmission of electricity in the atmosphere of the Earth, as well as the radio frequency. The invention led to the Philadelphia experiment along with time travel programs that were conducted during the Montauk projects for the CIA. However, Long before these top-secret military programs were even conceived of, Tesla was interested in terms of the nature of time and the possibility of being able to travel through it at will. Tesla's experiments with magnetic fields as well as high-voltage electricity led him to discover that time and space could create a door that needed distortion, which could be a path to another time. This man was a wizard, supernaturally intelligent, in such a way that he really must have been connected to the frequency of reality itself as he claimed to be. Point being, this man was a national treasure, and the value in this one man's brain was sought after by powerful entities all over the world. Now our government knew that. You better bet your ass that they knew. It is even revealed through declassified intelligence documents that the Nazi regime sought desperately for access to Tesla and his research, and I can guarantee you that they weren't the only ones. He has very detailed files at all alphabet agencies. They were watching him intensely. Do you really believe that this kind of man, a literal mythical being that we haven't seen before or since, lived out his final years just feeding pigeons and getting fancy haircuts in a luxury hotel, twiddling his thumbs and left alone to do so? The CIA and FBI were watching him round the clock to make sure he was just comfy and not lonely. There is so much smoke here that there must be a fire. Now, I didn't begin this series convinced that this hotel was anything more than a hotel, but as we wrap up our series, I have got to say there are many reasons to think this may be a very sound theory. But the biggest unanswered question left here for me is, does a Wardenclyffe Tower fit into this hotel? We have the power Tesla would need for just about anything provided in this facility, plenty for his research needs, and more. We explored the fact that New York has elaborate underground tunnel systems, which the hotel was connected to, giving him access to the underground and satisfying the needs of the facility itself when compared with the underground aspects of Wardenclyffe. So to me, this all points to it at least being a very strong possibility. 
And around here, we don't tend to believe much in coincidences. And we've already got quite a few piling up around us. But when you add in the missing money, the coincidences become overwhelming. This hotel was built for $22.5 million in 1929. And when it was sold, 24 years later in 1953, it only brought in $12.5 million. That's a loss of $10 million. But when you're accounting for inflation, that becomes a loss of $15.6 million. It didn't appreciate in value. It's severely depreciated. So roughly half the cost of building this hotel went somewhere. Where did it go? Now, in my opinion, and that is really all we're left with here, because what is presented as fact in this tale is shown to be complete nonsense. So... In my opinion, that $15 million was spent building a dream facility for Nikolai Tesla, who used it in his final years to develop technology secretly for the United States government. I think that what the New Yorker Hotel really was, was a prison of sorts for a man far too valuable to let live free. They kept him there, watched him closely, and made him work for them. My only hope is that like Tesla was known to do, he snuck in his own traps for them, and misled them on the issues that they would need to be misled on. I hope he kept his important truths away from these men, and that his greatest secrets weren't stolen and instead are hidden to be found by those who deserve to find them. But I want to know what you think. Is this hotel hiding a secret facility? Is that where the missing money went? And if it is a facility, what do you think it is capable of? Let me know what you think in the comments below. I would love to hear from you and what your thoughts are on this theory and what you'd like to see us cover in the future. But thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time right here on Conspiracy Theories and Chill from The Sean Yankee Show. All right, guys. That was it. That was the conclusion of my presentation of Paul's theory that Nikolai Tesla was living in the New Yorker Hotel, but was, in my view, entrapped there and forced to conduct research for our government during his final years in a super laboratory. That's what I think. What do you think? I want to talk to you guys about this. You don't understand. I've been working on this forever. I'm super excited. I finally got to show you the whole thing. Now we get to discuss it. I want to hear everything you think. You just got 40 minutes of what I think. And I want to hear all from you. I saw a lot of good comments during the video. And we're going to have to get into some of that. Bert, he doesn't know. Rose thought it was amazing. I appreciate that. It is a theory, you know, it was Paul's theory and way I agree, sorry, the comment got me the way I present every theory, anytime we do it, no matter what the theory is, I present it fairly as someone that follows that theory would want it presented. doesn't mean I'm going to bullshit you or paint a picture that's deceitful. It just means I go in completely open-minded and I research it and find whatever I find. That's what I present to you. 
So Lee had mentioned something about extra antennas on the roof as well as connections underground. I mentioned the underground a little, um, but I could not find good blueprints for the building. It is just me on this research team. And I, I didn't want to pull shit out of my ass. You know, um, there are antennas in pictures during Tesla's time that aren't in later pictures, but I didn't have the proof to mention it. But that is very interesting what Lee brings up there. What I thought was really important to focus on in the video was how much extra floor space was just gone. And it wasn't just what I mentioned. There was also other places that were just, as far as schematics go, empty areas of the hotel with nothing in them. But Oh, thank you. Trudy said what I think is, Sean, that was brilliant. Well done. Thank you. Well, then I did a good job, Aaron. I did a good job, and Paul should be proud of it. He should show all his friends. Matter of fact, there needs to be a midnight ride of this series. I want to see Paul break this down. You know, this was his idea. He theorized this. He came up with this idea and put it in the poll. We pick all of our topics for conspiracy theories and chill with a poll, and it won. And then I was left holding the bag this huge theory but i'm telling you man after looking into it dude they lost 15 million dollars when they resold this hotel what kind of real estate investment loses 15 million dollars in 24 years i can't think of any well i would think but i also don't know how to get that kind of stuff and i'm I'm a dude sitting at a computer, Patricia. They probably are. I could revisit and go into it deeper. I should have said I didn't make the effort <laughs> to get accurate blueprints of this building. They were not easily findable. So my cursory searches didn't turn up anything. But I really could have went deeper. I could have called and looked and found the right place to look and done all of that. I didn't. But now I feel bad that I didn't. Kaylin says she can ask her friend. There's a trove of the stuff you mentioned if he has docs and pics to send over. Sweet. Lee approves of the presentation. That's all we do is present a theory. So if I did a good job of piquing your interest and making you want to look into any aspect of that, like where did the missing money go? What was really going on during the final 10 years of Tesla's life? Why were federal agents watching him throughout these 10 years? He wrote about them, you know, and then why, as an American citizen, when he died, did they send in the Office of Alien Affairs to go through his items and personally send in John Trump to sift through them to see what was of value? Well, you're right, though. I could have done an hour and a half, two hour version of that thing. But that was the best way I could get it done is break it up into four pieces and, and attack it that way. But like I should have done it like Montauk. Montauk, we're going to do 57 parts of that series. I'm going to take that out forever. I'm not going to put an end on that one. There's too much to go into with Montauk. 
Lee says you could literally go days with info on this guy and still not know it all. Oh, I'm telling you. Remember in the beginning I was telling you about the research? You know the toughest thing with researching this video was not getting sidetracked? Think about 700 inventions attributed to one man. Think of how unfucking real that is. That's just the shit we've been told about. Think about how much stuff exists that we don't know of that's got this man's name on it. Just from basic logic and, and statistics and numbers, he's got to be, it's got to be in the thousands. What it really is, is, is total inventions. That is supernatural. Lee was saying earlier, the key word there is supernatural. It is supernatural what this man was doing. If he really did this, if he did all of this, because now I'm telling you, after looking into Nikolai Tesla for a good solid month or two, I'm starting to wonder if the man's even real. Not real as in, is he a fake person that never lived, but real as in, is it exaggerated? Are things attributed to him that he really didn't have anything to do with? Just technology that they had discovered from ancient civilizations that they brought out in these world fairs where they presented a lot of Tesla's inventions. Maybe they weren't his. But if they were, he was connected to the frequency in a way that is just completely beyond any understanding. And that's how he said it was. He said he didn't come up with any of that stuff, that he was connected to the frequency and understood things that regular people don't. It's just, you know, how some people can just play the piano, as weird as that is, or they pick up a guitar and they're just instantly great at it. It's a slight exaggeration, but they pick it up super easy, you know what I mean? Trudy says to Lolly, was wanting to replicate the New Yorker in my backyard. May I have the blueprints, please? I probably could have got a Lego set. I could get a New Yorker Lego set, I bet. But I better be careful. The FBI might investigate me after that video, and then they'd be suspicious of my uh, New Yorker Lego set and would think I was going to do something weird to the building to try to get to the bottom of all this. Thank you, Dion. I appreciate that, man. The only thing, man, the only thing I want to get better at with making these videos, I, I think I've gotten the narration stuff down real good. And I'm starting to get a lot better with making the music, producing the music for those videos. I make all the music for those too. But what I would really like to get more solid at is using moving pictures. You know, video content, filming my own raw footage, my own stock footage, things like this. I think that would be more interesting to watch, you know, no matter what it is. Like I watch a lot of uh, independent media and True Stream Media is one of my favorite channels. And they use a lot of just raw footage of driving. It's just something visual to look at while you listen to them talk. I think I should do more of that. You know, get some raw stock footage of my own that I can use. It'll be better sometimes than, than all images. I use a lot of images, still images. Which works. It serves its purpose. But I just want to get a little fancier with my editor and learn how to do some of this video. You know, this video the kids are speaking about. But I figure all this out on my own. I... I've taught myself to do absolutely every bit of this, from editing sound to recording it, all of it, editing video, putting it all together, all that. Learned as I go. 
That's how I've done this. So thank you for all of your praise about that. And I'm so happy you liked it and enjoyed it. And that will now live on Gab TV. That's where our videos live now. So that whole series, I uh, not yet, but about an hour after this episode, there will be a playlist of that series in its entirety. And you can go over to Gab TV and our channel and play that anytime you want. And I'm working on getting a whole conspiracy theories and chill playlist together so that all those videos are easy to find and in one spot. I'm trying to organize our Gab TV channel, make it more user friendly. But that's the link to it right there. I just put it in the comments and I'll add that to the podcast platforms later. So you can check out the videos too. Don't want to leave out the podcast platforms. Speaking of the podcast, I'm going to get all of you viewers on the video platforms, the live viewers, our podcast website. This is a link to follow us anywhere you get a podcast. This is our anchor link, but it'll take you to everywhere we are. So check that out and you can listen to the Sean Yankee show. Thank you, Joan. I appreciate you. And I'm glad you enjoy it because this is what I want to do for a living. I want to make these kind of shows for you and entertain you guys for a living. That's that's my end goal. And for us to be successful at this, we'll probably have to hub out of the website, which is where I'm trying to head. That's my short-term goal, getting us to the website so that we can stream from there and we can build from a solid foundation of our own home. Not all all these other places, these alphabet agency controlled social media sites that we are forced to use right now. When we get to the level of support where we can afford it, we'll be streaming from our website. And if you can help with any of that, please do go to the Show.com, click on support us. And there are many ways to support the show. See if there's anything that you can do. It would really help us and I would greatly appreciate it. But Dolores said, that she spiritually ascended to higher levels. He understood life force energy. Those who control the masses use religion at a limited level to keep the masses at a lower vibration. The actions of various historical religious figures could be understood through energy and vibration. The masses were taught about the connection of frequency, energy, and vibration, and the connection to historical religious figures. They too could function at higher levels. The masses would be too dangerous. And it goes on. I'm sure it's very interesting because the first part was great. She's right, though. And that's what he claimed. He didn't claim to be a super genius. He claimed to be connected to the vibration and the frequency of reality. That's where he said he got it all from. Trudy said, I only just found the Morning Yank page on Facebook. I can be quick on some things, but not so quick on others. Well, we're hidden. Don't worry about that. We are hidden. What? They're arresting Bill Bunting? Huh. Yeah, share his live feed. Get that out. I'm, I'm sorry to hear that about Bill. I don't know much about Bill, but I've heard the name. And getting arrested ain't never fun. Trisha says, maybe a black SUV parked outside, though. I bet you that's what's going on. I keep stumbling over words, and there's no reason it's me. Because I practice too much. I, I practice and I try to really do a good job and be a pro for y'all. 
I practice, I work on this real hard. It can't be me. It's got to be vibrational interference. That's what it is. That's what happens when I forget a word or I can't think of something or I lose my train of thought. I'm being attacked. These damn black SUVs. 3327, the room number. Somebody mentioned that earlier. 332. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, the YouTube video that I shared in part two or part three, which one was it with the actual footage of inside his rooms? One of those had actual footage from inside the rooms. And that footage was taken by someone who stayed there. So I think you can. At one time anyway, I don't know if you still can. But somehow he had access to that room. I don't know if he stayed there or was just able to go in, but he was able to go all the way up to the windows and everything. That footage was filmed from inside Tesla's rooms. So the stuff in the room wouldn't be what, what it was when Tesla lived there, but it'd be the same view. So the stuff out the windows, that's what he would have been looking at. The next one I'm getting is tits, but Aaron, you already got tits. I suggest don't shed on me. That's a fantastic shirt. Don't shed on me. It's very apropos for the times right now, too. With all these damn shedders running around shedding all over everybody. Bunch of assholes. But maybe you're wondering what we're talking about. And you're like, what? I don't get it. What are these people talking about? We have a merchandise store. This show has a merchandise store. We have... 14 original t-shirts. Original, made by me, designed personally by me for you. High quality, premium. Check this out. Hey, while you got a minute, let me talk to you. Do you have excellent taste? Do you love cool t-shirts? then you need some sweet Sean Yankee show swag. And do I have just the place for you? The official Sean Yankee show merchandise store. Your home for the best t-shirts, stickers, and cool official Sean Yankee show swag around. Check out this sweet tea. Or this premium stylish hoodie. What about this sweet coffee mug? Support our shows and help us grow in style at the Sean Yankee Show Merchandise Store. Stick around. Sean will be right back and there's more show to come. See, I want a bunch of those that are in the commercial. I still don't even have them yet. Like the look. You know that one where I'm giving the weird look? I want that one. And I want um, Conspiracy Theories and Chill. I still don't have that one. I want tits. I got to get me a nice set of tits. I, I want that one in two colors. And then I want The Government is Worse Than the Virus. I, there's so many. So many great t-shirts. And you can get these at the Sean Yankee Show Merchandise Store. 
And the link to that is on the SeanYankeeShow.com under support us. Fantastic. I feel really good about that. I had to play that because I had to get me this ready. It's a little Bubba Fett. Remember I told you, got this for Babels, but, you know, I got to try it make sure it's quality, which it is. Very nice. I don't usually get Indica. I don't really mess with Indica, but this is an Indica. No, I did not hand draw them, but I will hand draw the wash your ass. Will be hand drawn by me. Oh, sweet. You got if it can be destroyed by the truth, it should be. That's our motto. That's the motto of this show. That's what we believe. And that's what everything centers around is the truth. Because that's true. If it can be destroyed by the truth, it shouldn't stand. And, you know, like on Wednesday nights, we can talk about anything. Any conspiracy at all. And we have. And we do. But it doesn't always mean we agree with them. It's just fun. But truth always is truth, you know, and it has a frequency as well and a vibration, and you know it. And when you find out you've been misled, as long as you own that and take responsibility and accountability, then you're good. Trudy wants to know when we're doing this camping trip. Well, we just got to get this together and get some planning going here. Line it up. Probably need to give everybody a good six months worth of time to request off from work, plan your vacation, things like that. So I don't know. This would be something that'd be like a year out. But we need to get it together. We need to put together a planning committee for the field trip. And who is actually interested in a Sean Yankee show, conspiracy theories and show field trip? Like really interested would go. We were talking about going to Skinwalker Ranch. Have you seen the video we made on Skinwalker Ranch? This is a real place. You can go there. And it's in Utah, I believe. If you would really go and you're serious, let me know. And we'll set this up. We'll get like a little planning group together. People that are really interested. And it'll probably need to be, like I said, pretty far out. So enough people can go and, and plan for it. But I would totally be down with this It'd be fantastic as long as we're not staying at skinwalker ranch i don't want to stay there i want to visit we spend all day there plan a picnic lunch and everything but can we go back to the hotel room at night like a nice hotel with an in-ground pool desantis i think is going to run president in 24 this guy is setting himself up to be a big star in the in the Republican Party. I think he's got ambitions much higher than governor of Florida. Oh, Trudy, you're in Australia. Well, we'll video document the whole thing. You better check it out. I want to go to Australia, though, because I want to visit my buddy, Jason. And, you know, I know a lot of you have been hearing me give shout outs and, and and wonder where he is and worrying about jason he's back he's back he resurfaced came back up for air and is doing great i'm glad to hear that but he's in your neck of the woods jason alborn from australia as well 
Oh, Trudy wants us to do a live stream overnight. Now, I would do this. I think Lee would do it, and I think Paul would do it. Maybe. Paul, maybe if he grew back his goatee and his hair. Right now, he's weak. He cut off his hair and his goatee. The face of the morning yank. His whole job is being pretty. That's all he's supposed to do. Can't get that right. I don't, I don't know what to do with this guy sometimes. If he wasn't so talented. I just. Jason Altborn, that is him. I quizzed him. He sent me a firm request under that name too. And I, I made him answer personal questions. And it is him. It's him. You can accept it. That's really him. He got banned on his main account. Are you seriously going to have a friend from Australia come for a visit? Jason used to talk about visiting me. He'd probably be able to a lot sooner than I'll be able to visit him too. Because Jason's a little better off than me as far as empty pocket syndrome goes. That guy's loaded like Paul. No, I'm just kidding. Just teasing. He does have fancy glasses. I always attribute people with fancy glasses. The fancier your glasses are and, and sunglasses as well. I will tend to think you're doing pretty well. If you have nice sunglasses or nice eyeglasses, I always think, hmm, I bet you're successful. Just a thought that goes through my mind based on absolutely nothing. If you search the Sean Yankee show on Gab, you get no results. Let's put this to the test right now. I got to get to the bottom of this because I push Gab all the time. And I will email their CEO and let him know all about himself. So we're going to go over to Gab right now. We go to Gab TV. Do, 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 Gab TV. Search the Sean Yankee show. I love the way it sounds when I type. I love that. I'm the first one that comes up. It's just different than YouTube. See, that's me right there. That's my most recent video. And if you click on it, this, this was, was something I wanted to talk about briefly. And, and it's, it's just, just a simple, simple thing. thing that's echoing, I know. But this is our channel. And then you click on that, and then it takes you to our regular channel. And there's all our videos. But again, for everyone else and for Patricia, I'm going to give you the link again. But yeah, it's new, and it, they're still working bugs out and kinks and shit. And it's different than youtube but my videos are not going to get deleted that's why i like it and when a better platform comes along if one does it's more user-friendly we'll go over there but until then i'm going to continue to build up gap i like gap tv it's a little different. It takes some getting used to. And I understand what Patricia is saying. It's harder to find stuff over there. But they're uncensored. They have no censorship. So you can find anything over there. Once you get better at searching out shit, all the uncensored shit is over there. It's just you, it takes you a minute to find channels you want to follow and seek things out. It takes a second. But once you get used to using it and the differences, I think you'll like it. I think it's as good or better than YouTube, really, already. And 
it's improved a lot in just the six months I've been using it. Because to be a contributor to Gab TV, you do have to pay. You don't have to pay to use it, but I pay to put videos on it. It's a private site. They don't, you know, have their, well, they have their own servers, what I was going to say. They don't have to cater to Amazon servers or all these other big server barns. They got their own servers. They're self-sufficient, but they do that through funding, whether it be donations or you know, merchandise or paying to use Gab TV. But I think, I actually think now it's free. Because um, I got an email that I need to check. But I think they're giving everybody a free Gab TV account right now, though. I don't know, because I've been paying for mine. Or I paid for the whole year, rather. Aaron says, as I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. But I am not one to open myself up to fear feeding the negative energy. I like to stay positive. I do, too. Tuesday nights are great for that, Aaron. Were you here yesterday? Yesterday was a good one. We broke down silent weapons for quiet wars and talked about all the ways they're attacking us and the weapons they use against us. That's a really good document to check out too and inform yourself if you haven't seen it. It's a leaked top secret document detailing everything they're doing to us, everything they're using against us and how they control society. But I want to remind you guys what's coming up tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, Thursday nights on the Sean Yankee Show, we do rants. It's rant night every Thursday. It's our license to vent our frustrations, get all of it out, and get ready for the weekend. Because Friday night, our very own Melissa, who I think is in Facebook jail right now, is our guest. You know, that Melissa, the one you're thinking of. I can't. I don't want to say her name. I, I can say it, but I don't want to because I'm not sure I'm saying it right. And I hate that because you ever notice you don't ever run into the need to say a Facebook friend's last name or to need to know how it's pronounced because to tag them, all you have to do is Melissa K and it'll fill in the rest for me. Cleewarda. She's not on Facebook for me to ask her if that's correct, but that's our guest Friday night. So come back for all of that. And Saturday night, we'll be doing the Week in Review. I edit up all the best moments from every night on the show. And we watch that back. And I get to peep out with you. And it's a great way to share this out and share the show. And let people see what we do in here. Because I try to incorporate all of what we do in the Week in Review. So that it's a very good representation of the show. So it's... A fantastic opportunity to invite new people. And that's on Saturday. And we start a week, an hour earlier on Saturday night. We start at 7 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. Eastern. You're absolutely right, Tracy. We need to protect ourselves in the full armor of God. And if you do that, you are safe. You are protected. And that's what you must do. Those that oppose us are Luciferian. 
So whether you believe in it or not, it affects your life and is in control of this world. That should concern you. If you are maybe an atheist, I'd be concerned about that. That everyone that owns and operates and pulls all the strings of this world is deeply religious. Now they don't worship the God that you do. They don't they don't worship that guy. It's not who they're talking about when they say God. But they believe this deeply and believe in the power of it and they use it against you. That would interest me. That would concern me. I would be bothered by that. I'd be like, wait a minute. You know, but but again, a lot of these type of people tend to also be of the personality type that think they know everything. I see right away that makes me wonder what the fuck do these people know? Because I know I don't know everything. But these, these people tend to be pretty arrogant. And again, I'm not talking of every atheist. I'm talking of the outspoken, abusive ones. The ones that would give me shit about saying what I said previously. Anyone else would be like, oh, okay. No big deal. You're right. There is an evil agenda lording over us. And to fight it with good is probably the way to go. Logically, you're correct. I'm going to let it go. I'm not going to let it bother me. That type of person, hey, who I'm talking to. You know who I'm talking to. And uh, it is what it is. But this is what we do every Wednesday night. If you like this, if you had a good time, it's Conspiracy Theories and Chill. We do it every Wednesday night. And I will be here tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Eastern for Rant Night. And I want you guys to have a great rest of your evening. And in about a half hour, that video, part four, will be up on Gab TV. And you can go check it out and rewatch it if you missed it or if you just want to see it again. And give it a like and a share. I'd appreciate that. Y'all have a great rest of your night, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.